good. So it's Good Friday. It's Good Friday. Welcome to Good Friday. It's a good thing, isn't it? It's not Black Saturday. We're not about to endure great tragedy. You know, it's actually Good Friday. It's a really good day. Lots of great things happen because of Good Friday. Yeah, there's hope because of Good Friday. There's love because of Good Friday. There's relationship with God because of Good Friday. Good Friday is a really good day. And Good Friday is just a reminder of God's willingness, of the Father's willingness, of Jesus' willingness to go to any extent, yeah, to give everything, to pay the ultimate price that nothing would ever separate us from the love of God, yeah? So I've had this thought for a while that I can't get out of my head and it's that nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing can separate me from his love. God just keeps reminding me of that over and over and over again. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I want to read to you from Romans 8, 31 to 39, from the NLT version. It says, Nothing can separate us from God's love. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? We could just go home after that, couldn't we? Seriously. If God's for us, who could ever possibly be against us? Yeah? What could conquer us? What could get the better of us? What could overcome us? Nothing, yeah? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, yeah, this is good, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. What an amazing scripture. 
I've just been reading it over and over. I thought, that's like, a, we should read that passage every morning. When you wake up every morning, we should just read that and read that and read that and get that deep into the inside of us because I think if we could read that and get that, our life would be totally transformed. Because there are so many things that separate relationships, aren't they, with people. One day people love us. The next day they're not our biggest fan. (laughs) One day we could be travelling along thinking we've got some great friends. And tomorrow they don't want to be our friends anymore. One day we think, wow, I've got this amazing family that just rocks. They're always there. But sometimes separation comes, doesn't it? Someone gets hurt. Someone gets disappointed, someone says the wrong thing, someone does the wrong thing, yeah? And there's wounds, there's wounds and a relationship can become severed. 50% of marriages end in divorce, yeah? People that were madly and extravagantly and wonderfully in love can actually fall out of love. But you know what? God's not like that. The love of God is not like that. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can separate us from his love. Jesus Christ made sure of that. Good Friday is all about that. Jesus' death was all about ensuring that there would never, ever, 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 ever be anything that could separate us from the love of God. Yeah? Absolutely nothing. Because we were separate from God. Yeah, we actually were separated from God. Isaiah 59 2 says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I'll read you another scripture. Ephesians 2 verse 12. It says, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. We are actually without hope, without hope and without God in the world. That's actually where we're at, without hope and without God in the world. But you know what? Our Abba Father was not happy with that, yeah? Our Heavenly Father was extremely unhappy with that. He was not happy about that. He didn't want things to continue that way. That was not the plan of our Heavenly Father, yeah? He was not happy about separation because his heart is for his children, yeah? God was not happy about being separated from us. God was not happy about the relationship between us and him being severed because he is passionate about his children, absolutely passionate about his children because a father's heart is for his children, yeah? Can I ask you a question for those that are parents, for those that aren't parents yet? We'll just go on a journey. If there was a breakdown in the relationship between you and your children, if there was something that had wounded that relationship, if there is something that had severed or broken or damaged that relationship, would you be content with that? 
Yeah. If you weren't able to walk with them and talk with them and go on the journey with them. If you weren't able to share their victories and their struggles and the journey of life with them. If you weren't able to do that, would you be content with that? Or would you do everything in your power? Would you do everything humanly and heavenly possible to have that relationship restored? Would you do absolutely everything that you could to make sure that relationship with your child was restored? You know what? Jesus did. Yeah? Jesus did that. Jesus fully gave himself. Jesus fully gave all of himself to ensure that there would never, ever be separation again. Jesus gave his life. Jesus was nailed to a cross. Jesus was crucified. He suffered and he endured because his heart and his desire was that nothing would ever separate us from God's love ever again. He flicked the switch, yeah, from separation to intimacy. Luke 23, 44 to 46. Now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness all over the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. See, Father God was never satisfied with being separated from you. Father God was never, ever satisfied with there being a gap in the relationship between you and him. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus gave his life so that nothing could separate us from a loving relationship with our Heavenly Father. I love verse 8. Um, Romans 8 verse 35 can anything ever separate us from Christ's love it's a question yeah does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death I love the question can anything ever separate us from Christ's love because it's crazy to think that anything could it's actually totally mad to think that there is anything that could happen to you any experience you could have any tragedy you could go through it is absolutely crazy to think that anything could ever separate us from God's love it's like there should be 55 exclamation marks after to that question because nothing can it's actually impossible for anything to separate you from God's love nothing can interfere nothing can get in the way nothing can get between you and God how awesome is that Jesus made sure of that he did everything he needed to do to make sure nothing would get between you and God how cool is that? Nothing can get between me and God. Nothing can get between you and God, Ben. Crystal, nothing can get between you and God. How cool is that? Nothing can get in the way. Nothing can interfere. Nothing can stop God from radically loving us. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. 
God is so good. It's actually impossible. There's nothing you could do to stop God loving you. There's nothing you can say to stop God loving you. There's no mess you can make to stop God loving you. Don't you love that? I can mess it up. I can get it so wrong. I can fall so short. And you know what? He loves me. He just loves me. He totally loves me. I can make such a mess of things. I can make so many mistakes. I can aim for the skies and sometimes fall so short of where I would want to be. But he loves me. And he loves me. And he loves me. And he loves you. And he loves you. And he loves you. How incredible is that? Nothing can separate you from God's love. Yeah. People separate. Relationships can become fractured. Friendships can even be seasonal. But, you know, God will never allow anything to separate you from his love. There was a period in my life where I was separated from my brother for a number of years. And um, I found it really hard. It wasn't because I wanted it to happen. But the relationship was just severed. And you know what? It was painful. It was really painful. I just missed my brother. I just missed him. I missed talking to him. I missed spending time with him. I missed just hearing his voice. <laughs> I missed just knowing that he was there for me. I just missed that. And it hurt. It really hurt. It caused me great pain in my life because I wanted to have a great relationship with him. I wanted to do life with him. I wanted to be on the journey with him. I wanted to walk and talk. I wanted to share my great things. I wanted to share my sad things. I wanted to just be able to do life with him. And, um, and that just caused me great sadness. And I felt the loss of that. I really did. I just felt the loss of that in my life really deeply. I only have one brother. <laughs> so, um, so I really felt that. But you know what? God is good. God is really good. And that relationship is being restored. And that relationship is being healed. And we went away the first week of school holidays. We just kind of spontaneously, about a week or two before, decided that we would go away for a week. And we went to Namurka. And so it was about our third or fourth day there. And my brother just rang me and goes, I'm in Shepparton. <laughs> just thought I'd drive to Shepparton so I could drive to Namurka and visit you. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. So he came and visited us and he took us out for dinner, which is huge. That's like a miracle in itself. <laughs> it was awesome. He took us out for dinner. He wouldn't let us pay for anything. He bought us drinks. He just hung out with us and spent time with us. It was so beautiful. And the boys were dying to spend time with him so afterwards the resort that we were staying at had a games room and there was pool tables so they said is uncle ben going to come back and play pool with us so he actually came back and he played pool with the boys and um they just loved it he was giving them tips and showing them how to play better and they were just able to have one-on-one -on -one games with him and he put ten dollars on the side of the pool table for whoever won so obviously the kids both won they both beat uncle ben and um, 
And I kind of had this moment. I was sitting there and it was amazing. I was sitting there and I was watching my brother and I was watching my kids and I was watching them spend time together. I was just sitting there and I felt this joy, right? Like I felt this joy that I can't even explain. I can't even describe the joy that I felt. It was like I was having this heavenly moment. There was joy just overflowing out of me. I just felt so much joy. I'm like, look at my brother and look at my children and this is so beautiful and this is a moment that I have just longed for for such a long time. And I just sat there and I just soaked in this joy and soaked in this joy and soaked in this joy. And then I was kind of thinking about that as that joy just kind of came with me for a while. And so I was thinking about that joy and I was just pondering on that joy. And you know what? I was like, wow, that's how God feels. That's how God feels when we discover and nothing can separate us from his love. That's how God feels when we come home. That's how God feels when we actually invite him into the journey of our life. That's the kind of joy that God feels when we choose to let him love us and we choose to walk with him and talk with him. That must have been how God felt with the prodigal son in the Bible, yeah? That's how God feels about us, yeah? That's how he feels about us when we discover that nothing, 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 nothing can separate us from God's love. And that's why Jesus did it, yeah? That's why Jesus did it. That's why Jesus died. That's why Jesus freely gave of himself. That's why he chose to endure such agony, such rejection, such pain, such sacrifice. That's why, because he saw you, yeah? He saw you. He saw you. He saw you walking with the Father. He saw you talking with the Father. He saw you spending time with the Father. That's what he saw. And that's why Jesus did it. That's why he gave so freely because he saw you and Papa. He saw you and the Father. Amen. Hebrews 12 verse 2. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you know, do you know how much joy you bring the Father? Do you know how much joy you bring him by allowing him to love you? Do you actually know? Do you know how much joy you bring him by allowing him to journey through life with you? It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Like seriously, phenomenal. You know what? I find the greatest joy, the greatest joy when I go kick the footy with my kids. 
I do. I love it. I stand there and I just kind of relish in the moment. I'm like, this is awesome. I just love this. I absolutely love this. I find the greatest joy when I get out and put my runners on and my kids grab their scooters or their bikes and we go for a ride. I love it. I love it when we walk to the IGA to get ice creams and I just get to talk with them the whole way and hear their heart and hear the stuff that's happening in their life. I love it. I absolutely love it. I don't feel the greatest love when they're kicking their 20th goal for the game at footy. I don't feel the most love when Samuel just won his 800 metres by 200 metres. And he's just going to tell me how great he is, yeah? I'm proud and I love them, but I actually find the greatest joy as I just journey with them in the simplest things, in the walking, in the talking, in the riding the bikes, in riding the scooters, in going to get ice creams. That's actually where I find the greatest joy. It totally is. And can I share? The Father's the same. The Father is the same. He finds the greatest joy in walking with you. He finds the greatest joy in being with you, yeah? You don't have to impress him. You don't have to impress God. You don't have to kick the most goals at the football game. You don't have to strive harder. You don't have to work harder. You don't have to be the fastest runner in school or the athlete of the year. God loves you. God loves you and loves you and loves you and loves you. And that's what Jesus saw and that's why Jesus did it. Luke 15 verse 10 In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Yeah? There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God. God rejoices over us. He rejoices over us. Yeah? God's rejoicing over us. The angels rejoice over us because we've come home to the Father. And I'm going to finish with this scripture. Matthew 27, verse 50 or 51. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split. And the tombs broke open. Everything that separated you from the Father has been removed. Everything that separated you from his love has been removed. There is an open heaven, yeah? There is just an open Father that stands with his arms open, so desperate to love you, so desperate to allow you to love him. That curtain, that curtain was torn and that curtain was torn so that nothing could separate you from the Father. Amen. What a good God. We're going to finish with a video clip. It goes for three minutes. You're going to love it and happy Good Friday. Sorry, Laurie, I should have given you more notice. The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He's a king. We're trying again. Like we've got grace, hey?
King, happy Good Friday. Have a beautiful day. We love you. Amen.